What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Grand Slam Fantasy Sports Podcast, where the bases are always loaded, and we will give you the information for your fantasy teams to knock it out of the park. My name is Tyler St. Jean. Tonight, I am joined by my co-host, Brandon Duff, Nick Frazier, and Maddie Keeboom. And guys, MLB trade deadline has come and gone. Brandon, how you doing tonight? Doing great. Happy to be back talking about fantasy baseball again. Um, I don't know. It seems like it's been forever since we, we talked last. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to get going tonight. Uh, how you doing, Nick? Man, I, I'm pretty pumped for this episode. Uh, I love talking trade just in general. And as Tyler said, the trade deadline just wrapped up and there was some pretty mighty moves made amongst a few teams. A lot of contenders decided to make some pretty uh, gigantic moves. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm ready to get down and dirty, man. Maddie, how you doing? I'm doing well. I am also ready to get down and dirty. And Brandon, you are 100% right. Why does it feel like we've equally recorded 16 years ago? And it also oddly feels like we've done this already. (laughs) But I'm excited to talk trades tonight, boys. Absolutely. Let's get right into the show. Brandon, coming out of the trade deadline, there are some news and notes going around and some injuries. So let's get started talking about some of these injuries going around the league. Yep, so uh, the Texas Rangers placed uh, John Gray on the 15-day injured list with an oblique strain. Uh, He was hurt Monday night in his start. The Dodgers placed Justin Turner on the 10-day injured list, retroactive to July 30th, and that's with abdominal tightness. Avisail Garcia was removed from Tuesday's game against the Reds with left hamstring discomfort. Brian Bale uh, has been diagnosed with a left groin strain. He started the game today, right? Did he start today or was it Hill? No, no Hill started. Hill. He was in like the third. I think he came in the fourth. Yeah. All right. Rich Hill gave up a home run to Trey Mancini today. All right. I know. We're going to talk about him after. Um, Austin Hayes is out of the Orioles lineup Wednesday due to left side soreness. Uh, Ty France will hopefully be in the uh, Friday's lineup for the Mariners. He has a wrist injury right now. The Tigers placed Tariq Skubal on the 15-day injured list with left arm fatigue. Michael Harris was scratched from the Braves lineup today. That was due to a sore right foot. Blue Jays placed Ross Stripling on the 15-day injured list, retroactive to July 31st, with a right glute strain. And Travis Dearnode is out Wednesday with a stomach bug. And Luis Robert is still out Wednesday with an illness. Um, it says it's causing dizziness and all kinds of other stuff. So um, who knows when he'll be back in the lineup. But he's out again today, so... That'll, that'll be it for the injuries. Just to go off of the Avisil Garcia one, he is on the 10-day IL as well uh, as of tonight. He's had a disappointing season, though. Not, not definitely, a huge loss definitely. for fantasy managers. I liked him, too, coming into the year. Loved him coming into this year. I was with that. I was with you on that. All right. Yeah, you talked about a ton of injuries. And, and right on top of the show, we mentioned the MLB trade deadline has uh, – has now ended and there were a ton of moves just like mm-hmm. Nick was saying a lot of a lot of action going around and uh, this majority of this episode is going to be geared towards those uh, those transactions those trades that happened and we're going to talk about 
you know, the players that have been moved and kind of if their, you know, stock is rising or their stock has falling ever since the moves in their new teams and their new situation. So I'm going to kick it to Matty Keeboom now if you want to get started on this, Matt. Uh, I don't know if you want to go team by team or player by player, but we're going to get into this and we're going to all give our feedback on how we feel about these players. Oh, of course. So like, and like you said, deadlines are awesome. They're a lot of fun, a lot of movement this year. It seems like every year it gets more and more busy and a little bit more hectic. And every single year, there's a ton of fantasy implications. So we're going to dive right in. Uh, why don't we start with potentially one of the, it was one of the earlier trades that happened, but also was kind of the biggest. Luis Castillo was dealt from the Cincinnati Reds out West to go play for the uh, Seattle Mariners for a bunch of prospects. We're not really going to talk prospects, but how do you guys feel about Luis Castillo being in Seattle and what, what, what do you, what's his outlook for the rest of the season? Go ahead, Brandon. I'll let you go first on this. Yeah. I mean, I like Castillo when he was on Cincinnati. I like him a little bit more on Seattle. Now he, uh, he started today had went six and two thirds innings, five hits, three on runs. He had eight strikeouts. Um, 31% CSW today. It's obviously a huge park upgrade, leaving Great American Ballpark. And um, they were one of the like toughest parks to pitch in. And Seattle's obviously one of the best parks to pitch in. So I like the trade for Luis Castillo. I think it bumps him up a little bit in fantasy. And yeah, if uh, you know, if you have him, uh, I'd, I'd be happy. I'm, I'm glad I have him. I'm glad he was moved. So I'm right there with you. I love the trade for Castillo and his fantasy value. If anyone in your league that rosters Castillo is not a fan, I'd pounce on making a move before your trade deadline. Uh, but two reasons why I really like this move, other than what Brandon said. First of all, Seattle's they're, they're competing for a playoff spot. And you saw that today. They already let him go. What was I think it was damn near 110 pitches to get through that. They wanted him to go seven. Yeah, so they're going to yeah. let the man compete, which is great for fantasy. And they have 25 games remaining against the Angels, the Rangers, and the Athletics. And all of them are bottom half offenses according to Team WRC+. So I love Castillo. Yeah, I don't have much to add. Uh, whenever you can get out of the GAB, the American Ballpark, and since you go to a bigger field in, in Seattle, you mentioned they're a playoff contender. Very good lineup in, in Seattle. They got, uh, they're becoming healthy again. They're getting some guys back. And, um, yeah, I, I think he uh, – should do very well to end, to end the season with the Mariners. It's, it's crazy that um, you said, I remember in the beginning of the year, the angels were probably the best offense in the league. And now. Oh, have you seen like, the lap they're putting out there too? Yeah. It just, it's oh bad. my God. Like it's a good, not only is it a great ballpark to pitch in, it's a great division to pitch in right now because it really is just, I won't say it is the worst, but it's got to be competing for the worst division other than the Astros being in there. Yeah, it's like if it's you're a- on the Astros and the Mariners, you really have nothing to fear in the in your division right now. Yeah. Not like no fear at all. I I, I like you said I it's not much to add on Castillo. I think I think it's a great move for him and since he since he made a few moves to like set themselves up with some young young talent, you know. So Kudos to them. I know we'll we'll kind of hit on other deals they made, but uh, great move. I, love I think it. so. Yeah, I think we all agree. Uh, it does more good than harm with the Luis. If you're a oh, Luis yeah. Castillo oh, fan, oh yeah, fan, so oh yeah, right. yep. yeah, we like it. 
let's get to our next move, Matt. So Maddie. we talked about one one uh, contender. Let's talk about another. The Yankees. They made a handful of moves. Let's talk about the first one they made, acquiring Andrew Benintendi. Nick, you're a Benintendi guy. What do you think about this trade? For for Benintendi, I think it's a great move. I mean, I think he only had on uh, KC maybe two or three homers. I think he's hit a homer since he's been on the Yankees. I think he only has four on the year, though. So he's having a pretty good year all around when he was on KC. Not a lot of counting stats. No, not many RBIs. Not many runs. And weirdly, he was. They weren't really. Uh, he wasn't really running on on the team. I think he's already got a stolen base or two since being traded to the Yankees. So that's already given him a little extra boost. It's a way better uh, ballpark to hit in. Obviously, it's. A little uh, kitty playground out there, as uh, some people like to uh, compare it to. But great move for him. Uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I like Ben and he, he On KC, he was just kind of boring, though, you know? Just average and no no meat on that sandwich. But I, I think that could change with the uh, with his change of scenery. So a major upgrade if, if, if you uh, stuck with him this long. I think. Um, yeah, I think power numbers, RBI numbers for sure. Uh, I think he's going to be hitting in for the majority in a different spot in the lineup than he was in Kansas City. Kansas City, he was a top, you know, a leadoff or, or two hole hitter, and, and Kansas City was just letting their guys run crazy. Um, so we'll see about the steals. I know you said he got off to a good start, but if he's going to be continuously hitting sixth or seventh in the lineup, uh, we'll see. We'll see about steals. Power for sure. Anytime you can play, uh, you know, you, you said Yankee Stadium with that right field short porch. We're seeing like Rizzo do it this year. Uh, we were hoping Gallo would do it, but that didn't, you know, quite work <laughs> out for him. Um, and just the AL East in general is a lot of good ballparks to hit in. Uh, Fenway Park for left-handers. We know that he, he's hit there before in the past, obviously being a former Red Sox. And and um, so, Brandon, what do you, how do you feel about Ben Attendee? Yeah, I know Nick was saying like he has his bat, you know, he doesn't have much juice in there. He's only got like four home runs on the year. On uh, last season, he hit 17. Um, Kate a little bit more. His strikeout percentage was 18% instead of 14. Walked a little bit less. But his ISO was 166 instead of .074. So if I was the Yankees, I'd be telling him, you know, I'm okay with a little bit more swing and miss. Try hitting for a little bit more power. I won't bet in selling out a little bit. I, like you guys said, that right field is it's shallow. It's made for, for home runs for left-handed batters. So I want Benintendi to try hitting some fly balls, pulling them a little bit, and, you know, maybe he can get back to, like, you know, I mean, he's got four now. Maybe he can, you know, hit eight or nine in the second half in Yankee Stadium. His value is certainly up going to the Yankees. You know, it's a good fit. Uh, it's a good team. Great ballpark. Um but if I don't roster him, I'm not buying because I don't really think there's a whole lot of value you'll get out of him. I think you have to pay top dollar. And if I do roster him, I might sell. I might try to tear up his three. He's getting on base about 38% of the time, which is fantastic. And if he bats at the top of the lineup, you could see those runs go up. Stolen bags, potentially. Brandon, you're saying sell out for power. I think that makes so much sense. Especially there where is- they're batting him. Right, right. But, but that's the other thing, though. If yeah. they bat him sixth or seventh, I don't think his overall value gets a, gets all that exciting. But if he starts selling off for power, you know, that's that's something we haven't seen him do 
uh, basically since 2017. But if he, he can make that happen, that's going to help your team. Uh, there is some fat, though, on his uh, his performance profile. So if there is a cold slump, that value could go down because he's going to be in the spotlight now. You're playing in the Bronx. You're playing for the Bronx Bombers. Mm-hmm. You walk out of the spotlight on you. So and he's been there before. He's been there. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. But you could be there before. And if you stink, the world's going to know you stink. Yep. The Yankees going to – ask Joey Gallo <laughs> how it feels. That's bad. I was just going to say that, man. Yeah. I was so just going to say that. But I think – Get ugly. I think what Brandon said is a good point, though. Ben Attendee's way more used to it than Joey Gallo ever was. Oh, he's played sure. in World Series. He's won a World Series ring. He's played in Boston. He's, he's made big plays he, in, in, in yeah. important games. Oh, huge like, play. That diving right, play. Right. Yeah, we, oh, we all but, know about that. Red Sox fans in the World Series. But, um, you know, if there is a guy you're going to trade for to bring to New York, that's not a, a bad guy to bring because he's. I think he's used to the, the spotlight like that. No, but that's not, like he, he mentally can handle it. Uh, but what I'm saying is the, the Yankees' pressure of the season and all of it put together – could lead to him batting eighth or ninth as opposed to sixth or first or second if he's slumping. And everyone's going to know he's slumping in your league, I guess. Maybe that's how I should have phrased it a little bit more clearer. It's not necessarily the pressure on him. It's his value in your guys, in, in, you know, our listeners' leagues that will tank because everyone's going to be following the Yankees. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, let's get into our next uh, trade. Actually, do so, we want to hit on Frankie Montas? Well, well, that's what I was going to, that was actually yeah, going to be the yeah. next trade we talked about. You know, why don't All we stay right. in the Bronx? Uh, you know, they made a trade with uh, the, the athletics the next day or a few days after the Benintendi trade to bring in two arms. Lou Trevino, who we're not really going to talk about because yeah, he's man. not going to compete for saves. And at this point, he's probably their fourth most valuable guy out of the pen. So he probably just is more valuable in real life than he is fantasy. But the other guy we most certainly need to talk about, Tyler. Yeah. You started saying the man's name, so why don't you lead us off talking about Frankie Montas in New York? Sure. Well, we can start Trevino just real quick. I think he's a drop in all leagues. Like you mentioned, he's like not even close to being their closer role or even like their setup guy at this yeah. point. You, so he, if you're in a deep league or a roto league and you have him, you can drop him. But I think yeah. he's rostered like under 10% of most leagues. Yeah. Trevino's a drop. Uh, Montas, I, uh, it's a tough one. Um, I might be leaning a little bit more towards – a negative side here than he's pitching in Oakland. And, um, you know, the obvious point is when it comes to wins, this is a big, you know, obviously a big upgrade, the Yankees and, and the athletics, it's not even close. So at least he's going to hopefully get more wins um, in Yankee stadium. But we just mentioned with Ben attendee, it's a small ballpark. Oakland's one of the biggest in the league. Um, so he had that going for him. And if you look at his numbers pitching on the road this year, and just for his career, um, I think, like, historically throughout his career, he, he has better numbers at home at Oakland than he does on the road. And you're talking about him now pitching in the AL East against other good lineups like the Blue Jays, you know, the Rays. Um, I think it's a little bit of a negative uh, for Frankie Montas and for fantasy owners. Yeah, it's uh, it's negative for me, but not enough to panic. I don't think you panic on Montas and try to give him away. The splits this specific year is concerning, 4-8-5 ERA away from Oakland, 263 at home. And everyone knows the 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 graveyard of baseballs that is the Oakland dump of a Coliseum. He goes to Yankee Stadium, but he has his career best uh Sierra at 30 uh, 3.42 and his career best came out his walk rate. So he is pitching the best he has in his career and a guy like that gets some juice in New York. He's going to have some good lineups to pitch against. Uh I'm not panic selling, but I think overall his value is down. 
Yeah. Brandon, Nick, anything to add on Montas? I'm pretty much right there with you guys. Same thing. Um, slight negative, but I wouldn't be doing anything with him. Um, coming into the year on our starting pitching show, I think I had him as my like guy I was kind of down on for the year. You did. And my main concern with him was health. I think he only pitched, you know, over 190 innings once in his career. And I didn't really like him because of that, but he's been, you know, fairly healthy this year. So I think I'd, you know, if I have him and he go traded to New York, while I, I don't like the park as much as Oakland, I, I, I'm still holding Montas. He's pitched well this year. Just got to hope that splitter is really splitting right. at Yankee Stadium. If he leaves that up to lefties. <laughs> oh, man. I, I agree. I, I think it is a bit of a downgrade. We'll see when he has his first start. He hasn't pitched yet for them, right? Not no, yet. he's actually on bereavement, so he probably won't pitch till like Sunday. Okay. I will say you guys kind of hit on Montas already. And like Brandon, I was down on him because of his, you know, potential health concerns and that might be the wrong decision, but definitely better ballpark in Oakland. And I'd like to hit on the little package that Oakland got and uh, for fantasy purposes, JP Sears, your boy, Tyler. I know you brought him a few times, but I feel like that's a good move for him. And I don't see many. uh, I could see him uh, being used this year, actually. And and I'm not sure the other dude's name. I think it's uh, Ken Waldachuk. Uh, That dude's like been pretty good in the minors so far. He's, He's looking like a nice little prospect. Nothing crazy, but. Um. Mostly J.P. Sears could be a little bit of a factor this year if they end up uh, starting down the stretch just to fill in uh, the rotation spot lost by Montas. Yeah, I like that call. That's a good call. Somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, deep streamer. I mean, if Cole Urban can benefit from that ballpark, why can't J.P. Sears? Yeah, Yeah. I'll play in the Golden Pony Fantasy Baseball League, and I've been watching him on my watch list, and – he is on my watch. Oh, All you guys, just, keep, your, oh, keep your dirty paws off. Keep, oh. <laughs> I could use pitching right now, so you know <laughs> I might, I might, I might try and scoop him. But anyway, if, you, that, if just, our listeners don't call. hear Nick on the next segment, it's because he had to pause the recording yeah. <laughs> and go make this pickup before we all dive on it after the show. <laughs> I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything about him like starting anytime soon, but I would imagine it. If it does happen, it will happen within the next couple weeks or so, I think, personally. Just a, just a gamble. The next move, Matt. Maddie. Uh, let's talk about another starting pitcher, and let's talk about a team that was quite busy, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, they did a pretty good job, I'd say, bolstering up for their home stretch. But getting Tyler Molly from the Cincinnati Reds, I think, was a great move. For the Twins, but also for us fantasy gamers. I think that's great for anyone who rosters Molly. Uh, he He's now in a top 10 park for pitchers. He had a 4.76 ERA in Cincinnati and an almost run less. It was about, uh, I think it was a 3.9 on the road. If the, the Twins can help him with his walks, like they did for Kenta Maeda, uh, like they've done for Dylan Bundy, they have they they have a pretty good developmental system, if you will, in Minnesota. If he can get a little of that, and you could see, you know, that that K rate get to his career average around eight percent or even lower, 
man, it could be truly, truly wheels up for Tyler Molly. Brandon, you like Molly. You roster Molly in the league we just talked about. What are your thoughts on this trade? I mean, it's it's honestly pretty similar to Luis Castillo. Um, like you said, is I'm not sure exactly what you said his ERA was this year on the road and at home, but career it's 502 at home. It's 3.74 on the road. Um, he's clearly better on the road than he's been at home. That's a tough park to pitch in. Castillo was actually pretty good at home, but um, Molly, I think this will definitely help. Um, he gets to face the Tigers and, you know, he's some of those AL Central weaker lineups. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, overall, I like the move for Molly. I think he's one of the better upgrades. Him and Castillo were probably my two favorite pitcher moves. So I'm happy to roster Molly in a few leagues. And, yeah. What's your thoughts on him, Nick? Nick? I, hey, man, I, I'm a I'm a Molly guy myself. I actually traded him to you earlier in the season. But would that uh, qual- I traded would, for him. Would that qualify as a Molly guy? Well, hey, he yeah, got, he got mean, Josh Naylor, who's uh Yeah, but anyway, that's just what I thought that was funny. I mean, you know, I really like this guy. I did trade him well, away from my team. No, no well, I, I mean, I traded for him first. Yeah, that's true. A couple, that true. couple of true. decent starts, and then I saw – and Brandon lost Max Scherzer. I needed a hitter. Yeah. I needed an outfielder because my my offense was <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and uh, Naylor was Naylor, Naylor Naylor was coming back, so he put Scherzer on the IL. I offered him Molly for well, actually, I gave him an option of a few guys. He picked Molly, and I said, "All right, give me Naylor." And. Boom, done. But no, I, I love I kinda I love what the twins did. I, I think they set themselves up. I don't think I'm not saying that World Series bound or anything, but I they definitely set themselves up for a nice little playoff run if things fall the right way. So no, I mean I'm into it. I, I like what they did. I like the uh reliever they picked up too. So a few relievers they picked up. Tyler, Tyler, how do you feel about Molly? You, you guys share the same name. Well, the first name, yeah. Uh, I don't really have anything to add. Just just like I said about Luis Castillo, anytime you can leave the GAB and, and go to a bigger ballpark, it's a plus. Anytime I get to say GAB when I'm describing the home <laughs> ballpark of the Cincinnati Reds, I'm going to do it. So that's all I got to say. So let's move on. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys share the same name. Have you guys been introduced to Molly St. Jean? <laughs> But Nick, you talked about the reliever they got, not Michael Fulmer. I don't think you're really going to be all that uh, fantasy relevant. But let's talk a little bit about Jorge Lopez that they got from the the, the birds, the Orioles. Yeah. The floor is yours, Nick. Take it, baby. Jorge Lopez, man, he, he racked up 16 saves in Baltimore. And uh, I remember a show we did a while back, one of the first shows we did with Matt, actually, as a uh, permanent guest. We had four, gone four. over some. Uh, What's that? The core four. The core yeah, four. You had me on your trip. You got me on the Lopez train. I know it's kind I, of not I, the core I four. Everyone was hating on him, but I was on. I convinced you. I convinced you to jump on the Lopez train. He's going to finish top 10 and I believe saves. And saves. The yeah. closing pitcher. He's got 19 he's, now. So, I mean, he's got to be knocking on the door. Yep. Yep. He, he's up there. He's up there. He, he's been great. His, his stack ass page is still like a hot red right now. So. Um, dude, yeah, I and moving. I mean, Baltimore ended up becoming a pitcher's park, and you know, Minnesota is a great pitcher's park as well. 
And I think uh, I know they have Duran, but I, I think Lopez is still fantasy relevant. I think he has he get, he hasn't gotten any saves yet. It just happened, right? He got a no, save today. Yeah, no, he got a save today. Okay, and that was so my concern about Lopez was I didn't know how they were going to use him, so I didn't know if his value that's, was up that's, down, a, that's always the game you got to play. That's always yeah. a gamble. You're putting your chips on black. You're putting your chips on red. Pretty much when a reliever gets traded, because you yeah, but no now idea. it's too late to try to get him. Yeah, now you can't. Yeah, now you can't. But he might he might have guy. already been owned anyway. So yeah, he I was mean, lost he, in a lot of leagues. I mean, he is eleventh yeah. in saves, so he's knocking on that door. Yeah, he's, he's um, right there. I'm I'm gonna go. I got two things to say. First of all, Nick, the Jorge Lopez when he first was saving us, good call. I'll give you that. But this is also now the second week that you're you're kind of like discounting the Baltimore Orioles like they're, they're still a bad team. They're a game out of the wild card right now. Because yeah. you mentioned, oh, no, no, he's got 16 saves with the Orioles. And, like, no, the Orioles the wild are a card in No, I, 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 I don't they, think they, I – I don't think They're I a wild like card that. team. They, they're they're fighting for a wild card I spot. To, I didn't mean to sound I, like I hated on Baltimore. All right, that's fair. But yeah. I just wanted to say this. We're all talking about Lopez. Felix Batista, pick him mm-hmm. up. Now he's now oh, going to yeah. be the Orioles closer. Struck out the side today in the ninth. So that's a name you want to add. He's probably not rostered by many teams in your leagues. But, you know, go out and get Lopez if he's available. But if not, Batista might not be a bad backup plan. Yeah, absolutely. And keep your eye on that, that twin situation as a whole because, you know, the hype might go to Lopez. But as we've seen all the craziness of the closer position, they go right back to Duran. All of a sudden, maybe you can get Duran on the cheap but. Tyler, yeah, Tyler, Felix Batista's your guy? Yes. Since June yes. 1st, yes. 23.2 innings pitched, 33.7 K minus walk rate, 56% ground ball rate. Pretty, Killing it. pretty, pretty Three good. Three runs, 24 good. innings pitched. Elite. Pretty good. Hey. He throws hard. They had a guy. I mean, I, you know I'm what? Not, Dylan Tate is a good guy to, to watch too. He's been really good. I'm not a. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not this like bullpen guru. They had another guy in the eight, the lefty, who looked pretty good today. I was watching a little bit of that Orioles game, and uh, yeah, I, apparently they 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 were able to just still contend and get something for Jorge Lopez. So good for them. Sounds like Tyler's a little bit of an Orioles fan. He was like, Nick, you back up off my team. Hey, you know what, Tyler? Uh, I'm with I, you. I, I, I'm I didn't with you, even. Tyler. I, they I didn't Mancini. even realize I hated on him. I'm, I'm not happy with them right you now. You, you can't just trade Trey Mancini to the, the Astros. After he yeah, hits I mean, an inside the park home run, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> while the names the, the the man's name is being used, let's talk about it. He was traded from the Orioles over to the Houston Astros. Brandon, what are your thoughts on Mancini in his new home? Um, Trey Mancini's like that was one of my favorite fantasy movers. I like the move for him a lot. Uh, he had a home run today. This year, he's got the lowest ISO of his career at 135. His barrel percentage at 9.9% and a 42% hard hit rate is very similar to what he did in 2019. He had 35 home runs that season. Um, he's going to a much better ballpark in Houston. You know, Baltimore was tough to hit in this year. And I think Mancini's kind of in line for a, a big power surge here. I think he's going to hit a lot of home runs, driving runs. Bat in the heart of the lineup, you know, fifth or sixth, maybe for Houston, they get a really good lineup, but, and just, you know, I think he's going to play a lot as well. Their first base WRC plus was down near the bottom of the league for the season. It was under a hundred. It was like 87. So I think Mancini's going to get a lot of playing time, a lot of at bats and do really well in Houston. I I will say, I, I think I heard something. I'm not sure how this works. Uh, 
I don't know if it's like how he only has uh, so many home runs in Baltimore this year. That that change in their field really uh, kind of messed with him a little bit as far as uh, the power is concerned. But I, I think if he was hitting, I don't know how it works. Like I said, some of the balls, he should have like 22 home runs if he was playing whatever games he was in Houston, I believe. From a lot of the, I don't, I don't, I don't know if any of you can like uh, fill me in yeah. on how that works. How the uh, if so many fly balls were hit in Houston's ballpark, he'd have. I don't know, Matt. Do you know? Can you fill me in on that? You know, I know you're the kind of stat cast guy. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I know what you're alluding to. And uh, first of all, I'm shocked that a man who's half cyborg uh, didn't know about advanced metrics. But anyway, <laughs> the baseball savant, what they do is expected home runs, and it's based on where the ball lands, basically the distance and all that stuff, all those calculations. And had he played um, all of his 84 games or whatever in Houston, he'd have 22 home runs opposed to the, uh, uh, I think it was 11 expected home runs if he played all his games in Camden. Now, if they don't do that, that's why he only has eight on the season. But, I mean, it took him literally one at bat to prove why he's a fit in Houston. That, what do they call it, the Crawford box or the Cumberland box, whatever that section of seats that are, that's a little bit, it's like, it's literally like if you took, the cutout of what Baltimore did and inserted it on a field in Houston. That's what it looks like. It's like the, it comes in as opposed to going out. He's going to be great there. His counting stats are going to go through the roof because he's going to drive in just an absolute ton of runs in that lineup playing every day, whether it be the outfield, DH first Mancini's. And also he's, you know, a well-renowned clubhouse guy, a well-renowned good baseball guy. And those dudes thrive in situations like he is now in Houston. He's going to be, you know, trying to get a world series. He very well might. That team's scary good right now. Um, they've been owning the Yankees this year as well. <laughs> so if you're a Yankees fan, you got to watch out. You're going to have to go through Houston at some point, I feel like. So good luck. Um, that should be much must-see TV in, in October for all of us. So that's something to get excited for. Uh, when it comes to Mancini, I think just overall his career numbers at Minute Maid Park are pretty, uh, pretty solid as well. So uh, small little porch there in left field, that – very odd looking field. I've always hated that field. It's like my yeah. least favorite field to look at. No one had the I'm, hill. I'm, I was just going to say, I'm so happy <laughs> they got rid of that hill that Lance Berkman used to always make these top 10 <laughs> catches on every sports center. It's like, why do they have a hill? What is this? A new Bedford softball field? Like, what is this? Like, <laughs> but, anyways, let's move on to the next trade. So, why don't we talk about the other uh, batter that the Houston Astros acquired? And that's Christian Vasquez. Uh, trade from the Red Sox to Houston. Tyler, how do you feel about that trade? Yeah, it's definitely uh, not a bad thing. Um, damn, man. Oh, that, that Astros team, is that's scary. They got scary. Mancini and Vasquez now on their lineup, and they replaced Maldonado and Jose Siri or whoever that Yeah, I mean, they, they went out and that, absolutely dominated their, their, their fields of need. Like, where they needed in their lineup, they were like, let's just get dudes who are going to help us tremendously. Let's just get all-stars all through our lineup, right? I always look at yeah. Fantasy Labs on Twitter, the, the lineups come out, and I always look at the one through seven up to, like, Jeremy Pena, and I'm like, wow, what a what a drop-off at eight and nine. And now that they have Vasquez and Mancini to take those spots, there's no weaknesses on that team. 
I'm, I just, I don't know why I sound like a big Astros fan right now. I just think that team is, is solid right now. Yeah, and I think getting Vasquez, I think if you're a Vasquez hold a uh, fantasy owner, he got nothing to worry about. He's going to hit probably more towards the end of the lineup than he was in Boston, but there's so many good bats around him. He's going to see some good pitches to hit. He's, same thing as Mancini. He's got that short left porch. They're both going to thrive, I feel like, in Houston. Brandon, what do you think? You haven't spoken a little bit. I think he was he was coming out of a, a great park to hit into in Fenway for right-handed hitters as well. It was. I, yeah. I Personally, I think for Mancini, it was a huge upgrade. I think you're going to get what you've gotten from Vasquez so far. I think you're going to get the same thing. Yeah. So Agreed. And if you have Mancini, I think you just should expect, you know, in my opinion, a lot more going forward. For Vasquez, I think you should expect more the same he's been pretty good he's been probably better than you expected and i think you should that's what he'll continue to do going forward i i i'm kind of was with you there for a second about i think it was like the same value and then uh over the last couple of days you see how i think maldonado is still going to play a little bit more than anyone who rosters vasquez would like he uh he's a top he, 10 option in points this year he's batting 280 he looks great but they love maldonado and I think he's not going to be their primary guy. But if he takes a, a game away that he wouldn't have been taking away, because that was his biggest, probably his biggest skill that he had in Boston was his ability to play a ton. I mean, 2019, 138 games. In 2020, out of 60, he played 47. And another 138 last year. The dude plays a ton. And he, he was playing a lot of first base towards uh, yeah. the injuries in Boston. So you are his playing time. We'll, we'll go down a little bit. That's kind of like a fact because they have Mancini and Yuli Gurriel over there. And so, yeah, the playing time will go down a little bit. But I think everything else stays the same. The average, the Absolutely. power numbers, I think yeah. that all stays the same. Yeah. And all of a sudden, if he just – he's their guy, he's gelling, and they want him out there, and they're like, Maldonado is going to be just a strict backup, then you have literally nothing to worry about. So if you roster him, I wouldn't move him, but, you know, at all. All right. Yeah, let's uh let's get into the next trade. So the Red Sox traded away Vasquez, but they made a pair of trades of their own. Uh we're not going to talk about the carjacker, right? He stole a car or something. <laughs> Isn't I guess I heard Reese McGuire stole a car as a kid or something. I don't know, whatever. Either way, uh they got Tommy Pham. Oh no. Let's talk about him first. It, never mind. We're not even gonna talk about Reese McGuire. You're right. He is <laughs> Tommy Pham. Well, yeah, Tom, we got to talk about Tommy Fam too. We got to talk about him, or can we just talk about Hosmer? Yeah, we'll talk. We'll so yeah, we'll do Hosmer and Fam nah. as a bundle deal. And nah. I think honestly, Fam, he's he's been bad since the beginning of July. A thirty-two WRC plus. Uh, I'm I don't think he's uh really anything to be excited about. If you roster him in deep leagues, fine. He's in a went from a great ballpark. He's in a, a good ballpark now. Hosmer though. I do like him. I think he's going to get every day at bats here in Boston. So if you roster him in points leagues, go ahead and keep rostering him. Okay. Can I go a, a little off the tracks right now before I get uh, – give me like 10 seconds off the tracks. 15. I'll give you 20. All right, give me 15. As a Red Sox fan, I hate that they traded for Tommy Pham. Why do you want that guy in the clubhouse? Like, are you going <laughs> – you're, you're not even going for it this year. You just traded your starting catcher. Now we're down to Kevin Pulwecki as a starting catcher, and you were going to trade for this veteran outfielder who is not a good clubhouse guy, only cares about himself. I don't get what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And 
at least with Hosmer, I like that move. You got a veteran guy, won a World Series. They're they're pretty much paying for his contract at this point. We're like going to give him nothing to, to play here. He's a good guy for Cassis to come up and learn how to play first base in the big leagues from. I don't mind Eric Hosmer, even for fantasy purposes. He's a good left-handed bat. I don't think anything changes much with him, at, although Fenway is a better hitting park than Petco Park in San Diego. So I like Hosmer. Fam, I, I don't even want to talk about fam. I could care less. I agree with you on that. And honestly, I do, like, as a Red Sox fan, I'm going to go with you on this tangent. I just think, like, th- this was a, it was just a crappy deadline. Yeah, I think it was a crappy deadline for them. They traded away Vasquez in my conspiracy. I'm going to put my little tinfoil hat on. I think ownership saw the backlash of how much, how much people hated the fact that he traded Vasquez and put the kibosh on him trading away Evaldi and Martinez because it makes zero sense to trade away a starter and then acquire two starters. It makes no sense what. So ever fam, well-renowned, uh, bro, well-renowned bad clubhouse guy. So I don't like that really. I'm not really a big fan. I know he'll, he'll probably, I don't know. I'm not a huge, I don't love it. I don't love it. And one thing about high blue, I'm not going to go on a big, big <laughs> thing about him. Brandon hears me, you know, complain about him all the time. He gets zero credit for, for getting Hosmer. Hosmer was all but traded to Washington. And then he goes like, Oh, I'll, I'll take him. It's like if someone found $100 and then pretended they were rich. It's like, no, you found it. You got lucky. That's what he did with Eric Hosmer. But having said that, for fantasy, I like Hosmer. They're on the same exact page. All right. So the the reason why the Red Sox got Hosmer is the same reason why the Red Sox got fam. They were both free. And going forward with that, Hosmer, I do like a little bit for fantasy. So it's obviously, like Tyler said, a huge park upgrade going from, from San Diego to Boston. And... Like Matt said, which I completely agree with, is Hosmer is going to, in my opinion, he should get all the playing time at first base. They have, they're the 29th team in WRC plus at the first base position at 76. And Hosmer is a huge upgrade defensively over Dahlbeck or Franchi Cordero. So, and they've had a lot of issues there at the position defensively. So I think Hosmer should get a ton of playing time. And who knows what he could do in Fenway Park. He's in a, I mean, he's still in a pretty good lineup. Um, Obviously, you'd love to, him to be him with Soto and, and all those guys. But <laughs> oh, we'll Yeah, and also he's, too, a guy, he's a guy with reverse splits. He does well against lefties. So there's zero reason for him to, to be a platoon guy. He should be out there every day. And in a deep points league, that'll have value. In Roto, there's really – I mean, you're probably just getting average if you're lucky there. Nick, anything you want to add about Fam and uh, or Eric Hosmer before we move on to the, uh, the team that went absolutely berserk? Um, who do you think Fam throws hands with first? I guess is my only question. <laughs> do you want to talk about Fam? I haven't slept since they traded him because he's so close to my house now, and I talk crap about him on this show. And Matt's a commissioner. Yeah, and I absolutely stash guys my IO. <laughs> you know, you yeah, you know he's you know he's gunning for you. He's tracking you down as we speak. He, and you better turn off scarier? your phone. He's been stabbed and, and didn't miss a game. So I can't even stab this guy out of my house. He's just gonna get me. <laughs> no, I, I, I am disappointed with the Red Sox. I mean, do we? Are you guys in or out on Kyle Bloom? Are you still giving him a shot or what? I, I don't like it. I don't like this small ball raised bull crap that he's that he's pulling. I don't think he's. I don't think he's very good. Honestly, if I will say this: out. I don't play like I don't play fantasy like he runs the Red Sox. We. We kind of do things differently. So, uh, you know, whatever.
yeah. Move on to the next trade here. All right, so let's get some doozies out of the way and talk about the Padres. This one had pieces going everywhere that we're going to have to break down. They made a trade that I was shocked, to be honest. I was absolutely shocked. Josh Hader to the Padres. Taylor Rogers, prospects. Denilson Lamette to the Milwaukee Brewers. How do you guys feel about, you know, just, you know, take, take a piece out of this trade and talk about it. Taylor Rogers was struggling as of late. He had he yeah. had been they traded for him earlier in the year from the Twins, and I think they just they took the opportunity to package a little something. I mean, I don't know what Lamette has been doing recently, but you know he's he's, he's volatile. He 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 showed he has he showed signs of life here and there. So I think Milwaukee kind of I know they lost the best reliever in baseball, but they they kind of bolstered their bullpen in the same same move almost they got more quant no, uh, not quantity qual no yeah they got quantity for quality i guess i would say well i don't want to break the bad news to you but denelson lamette's been dfa'd Thank he's you. not even yeah there i was trying to say that oh Thank they you. just oh no, I, I missed that i missed he's that dfa so. he's gonna be i guess our- i buried the lead he'll be the fifth co-host of grand sam fantasy sports he's podcast he's the gsfs he pod let's go yeah so we i mean we aren't gonna sign him though it was a weird trade. It, I think it was the first time in MLB history where the, the number one and number two guy in saves were traded for one another. They had crazy similar numbers. They, both of the ERAs were, you know, low fours. Um, in terms of Hater, if you roster him, you're, you're happy. He's probably on one of the hot. It could be on one of the hottest teams down the stretch in baseball. You want that. Uh, as far as Taylor Rogers, I'm definitely dropping him pretty much in all formats. They're saying they, they might go with a committee approach in Milwaukee. But they'd be nuts not to give Devin Williams the chance at saves. That dude's been nasty. I was going to ask that question. I was going to say, what do you guys think? Like the way Taylor Rogers has been struggling, he's new to the team. I feel like that's kind of Devin Williams' role to, to now claim and step up with. That's almost why I thought when they traded Hater that that was their plan. They're just going to say, okay, well we have we have Devin Williams, who's clearly a better closer than most of the league. He's just a really good setup guy. But we have Hater. Um, I think Hater stays kind of the same because Milwaukee's got a pretty good record as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think like, you know, they might be even be in more close ball games. Who knows? I think Hater, not too much of an upgrade, if any at all. I think Devin Williams is an upgrade. And Lamette, I think someone's going to pick him up. And if, who knows, that guy, is his arm okay? Like his arm's been hurt now for like since the last three years. I don't even know what's up with him. Brandon, what's up? What do you got? In in terms of the trade, in terms of Hater and Rogers, I I feel the same way as you guys do. Lamet, I wonder if like you know there's something else going on. I mean, the dude was in AAA for half the season. It seemed like he was healthy. They were using him on a regular basis. They were throwing him an inning at a time, and then they I think they might have used him once or twice before they traded him. But it just seems like they weren't really interested in having him in their clubhouse, even though it seemed like he could pitch. So I'm not sure. They trade him and then he's DFA'd. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, there's something wrong. I, with the dude, sure. he was like, he was really good a couple years ago as a starter. So I feel like, like you said, some team has to be willing to take a chance on him at this point, but maybe there's something else going on with him. Even that year, though, Brandon, that he, he had a good year, he was only throwing like four innings a game and they would take him on after like 65 pitches. Like he came, that was the year right after Tommy John surgery, like, and his arm since then. Yeah, right, I don't know. Still I like, think- yeah, no, maybe you're right. You're right. He was hurt and stuff, but that's still. 
even if he's going three or four innings, that's super useful in baseball today. <laughs> like you'd somebody have to pair him up with another team. guy, right? Like, uh, yeah, but um, it's weird that he gets DFA so quick. I wonder if it's off the field issue, something like that. Because that's what I mean. That's they what I mean. do like, medical. They have medical examinations to complete a trade. So it's not like all of a sudden, it's like whoopsie, his elbow stinks. They would have known that before the trade happened. I I wonder if this guy is like a nut job or something. But his range of outcomes rest of the season is insane because as much as you can see him never pitching again because he has off the field issues or health issues, whatever it is, uh, you could also see him being the best pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds for the rest of the season. All right. Yeah, let's move on to the next trade. So we're going to continue in San Diego and talk about obviously the biggest trade that's probably ever happened at the deadline. Uh, real quick, does anyone have anything to say for Josh Bell other than obviously it's an upgrade in lineup and this guy is something that you want to hold on to? Um, power. I mean, Petco's bigger than than Washington with home run numbers, but if he's in a bad cleanup in that lineup, my goodness, yeah, it's a lot more in front of him and behind him than he had in, in, in Washington with the way Nelson Cruz has played this year. Mm. Obviously Soto still in front of him, no matter what, but um, yeah, I, I think, you know, runs and RBIs should, should be higher in San Diego than, than it was in Washington. Yeah. The guy's playing for money. That doesn't change. He's going to go to this, you know, super competitive team in, in this potentially the brightest spotlight in all of baseball for the rest of the season. So anyone else have anything on Josh Bell before we talk about another guy? A guy who's kind of good at baseball. Good pull. Good pull by getting him in the deal for this next guy. That's all I have to say. Yeah, so this next guy we're going to talk about is Juan Soto. Um, as a Red Sox fan, it, it's, it was devastating. The fact that potentially the best player in baseball was 23 years old was available, and they were nowhere to be found when they have this supposed treasure trove of prospects. That's all I keep hearing. This farm system is amazing. This farm system is amazing. So I'm not going to get into that. This isn't a Red Sox podcast, but Juan Soto in San Diego. I mean, he's got a 151 WRC plus, uh, and he's been productive with a 243 BABIP. So there's a little bit of re- positive regression potentially in the cards. And if that's going to happen in this lineup, I mean, you wanted Juan Soto before, but now you are excited. Brandon, what do you have to say about Mr. Soto? Yeah, I mean, I know like every single trade I saw on Twitter that somebody posted like, you know, if the Padres traded for him or if the Dodgers traded for him, these are the prospects that it would require. Every single one I saw, I was like, I'd do that in a heartbeat. I'd do that one. I'd do that one. I'd do that one. I'd do every single one of them. Yep. Juan Soto is the guy I'd want. <laughs> like, I'd want to hitch my wagon to him. Um, I think it was a great get for the Padres. Fantasy-wise, I mean, he's a great hitter. So, I yeah, yeah. you're excited. Going forward, I mean, he's going to be with Tatis. And that's just, like, exciting for baseball. But. Fantasy wise, I don't. It's it's Juan Soto. I wanted Juan Soto before the season. I want him now. Now he's on the Padres. He'll probably um, walk less with San Diego, having like Manny Machado and Cronenworth, and he's still Josh Bell hitting behind him. But yeah, he'll um, see probably more mistakes. That's mm-hmm. a great point, Tyler. He's he's got such a good eye that if you these mistakes that people make, he's not taking. He's taking them yard, especially mm-hmm. when Tatis if he comes back. You know, whether it be this year or, or if you're in a dynasty league, I think it's, you know, a good move here. If you're one Soto uh, fantasy owner, when when they do eventually um, find themselves in the same lineup, Tatis and, and Soto, it's kind of like they're both going to kind of almost like a Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz situation. They're going to protect each other in, there in the lineup. They're both going to get 
more pitches to hit. I feel like with, you know, both of them hitting right next to each other and that other millionaire contract uh, or hundred million dollar contract and Manny Machado as well. So they have close to a billion dollars. I think they're going to have locked up between those three players. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. If they <laughs> sign Soto, they're going to have to, they're going to have to call Mr. Elon Musk to pay for this thing. <laughs> I just, Hats off to this, this, the Padres, man. They they, they sold out. They, they're going all in, and I, I love it, man. Like, they did what they had to do. If Tatis comes back and he's able to stay healthy, I mean, this lineup is just probably one of the most dangerous things you're ever going to gonna run into. I, I, yeah. I, Go ahead, Nick. Sorry. Go ahead. My fault. Uh, well, Kate, hold that thought. Whatever you're going to say. I, I, was, I saw this thing on Twitter. And it was pretty much, uh, pretty much. Who would you take? Whose big three would you take? The Dodgers, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman, or Tatis, Soto, and Machado. Which I thought was a pretty interesting question. I think I would lean. I don't know. It's a tough one. I think I'd lean San Diego, but I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on it. I'm I, like for three for three. I'm going to go Dodgers, and it's because Tatis is like. At what point are we going to say that he's injury prone? The dude has missed a ton of games. But <laughs> you could put me with Machado and, and Juan Soto, and you got a pretty great big three because those two guys are so good. When, when healthy, I'd probably lean San Diego, like you said. Yeah, Nick. when healthy for sure, San Diego. And yeah. what what I was going to say though too kind of had to do with that. Just looking at. As a baseball fan, looking at the postseason now, you got the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets. The National League is going to be fantastic to watch. And then the American League, I mentioned Astros, Yankees, White Sox or Twins, one of those teams. It's going to be it's going to be a fantastic October. And personally, I can't wait. So before we get out of San Diego, they did make another trade for my boy. Breakout 2022, mm-hmm. Brandon Drury. What do you guys think about this? Oof, me personally, I think it's a little bit of a downgrade. Just a, kind of it reminds me a little bit of Adam Frazier last year. Uh, if you remember Adam Frazier in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's a great pull. Putting himself a pretty good season. I think he was an all-star last year for Pittsburgh. He was putting himself a pretty good season. up. got traded to uh, San Diego and, and kind of got lost in the shuffle over there. A lot of uh, you know guys around him taking playing time away. Cronenworth, Kim. I think that could happen to Drury when Tat- if Tatis comes back mm-hmm. at any point. You know, there's just too many, too many guys over there, too many spots, and for him to be getting that every uh, day playing time is going to be tough. And I love that you mentioned Drury for one more reason. You know what it is? The GAB. Get out. You know, whenever you leave the GAB <laughs> as a hitter, you're going the other way. Now it's not an upgrade; it's a downgrade. Going from uh, one of those smaller ballparks, probably a top three small ballpark, to Petco is probably a top three big ballpark, right? Or one of the biggest. So yeah, that's that's a huge uh, power, you know, downgrade. I would say. Yeah, his value is certainly down. Uh, if you roster him in fantasy, I don't know if he's a sell though because he doesn't have the name notoriety. And I think everyone knows that this is not great for for a guy like Drury. Um, one thing though, I will say, the Adam Frazier thing. It's a little bit different when they move Voight. There is a there is going to be a spot on the field. Uh, every day until Tatis comes back. And then when he comes back, if no one's hurt, 
that's when you're going to see some real issues, which is probably when you're going to need him most. Uh, and, and, but he's got also some some red flags here. He's great at the GAB, a 172 WRC plus there, 117 on the road. So still above average, still someone that you know, you can rely on, but not somebody that you were really excited about like you may have been. Unfortunately, I, I think you just got to hold them. You can't really get rid of them. You're not going to be able to trade them. I don't think in, like you said, when Tatis comes back, he probably does lose the playing time. But for now, I mean, hopefully he's, he's getting regular regular PT. So just keep doing what you've been doing with him since for the whole year if you've had him, you know. So. And another thing against him is Kim's actually been pretty solid for them. So, you know, it'd be a natural yeah. move to get him off the field, put Tatis at, at short and keep uh, Drury at DH. But now with the shoulder being an issue last year, the wrist being an issue this year, you can see a lot of Tatis at DH and Kim at short. When is Tatis projected to get back? I haven't heard anything since the, the That's push, what I the mean. Like, I feel like Drury's not going to – like, he's going to play. He might, yeah. That, I mean, he definitely could. He's going to play until Tatis comes back. Yeah, because they traded Voight and Hosmer, right? So Cronenworth's going to have to play first base. So the second well, base Bell's is... Gonna, Bell's going to Bell play plays first. first. Oh, so DH, I guess? Yeah, where is yeah, he? Yeah, right now. Drury started DH today. They tra- That's okay, what yeah. I think he's going to play DH, for now. Yep. He's All gonna right. play a lot but you know what I mean? Now. When Tatis is back, he I think he's the odd guy out, unfortunately. Especially if they ease him in at DH. Yeah, yeah when whenever Tatis gets back. Yeah, he's taking bad in practice on the field, but yeah, I haven't heard anything about him getting back into games yet. We haven't heard anything, but he also could be one of those guys who pushes for it because I mean, if you're if you're being considered the you know part of this big three and part of this super team, you don't want to be watching from the sidelines. So if he's like, get me in there, I'll just DH. That's not going to be good for Jury. Does anyone want Jury? By the way, I roster him in Golden mm-hmm. Pony, so. Uh, you might have hit me you up know. on that hotline bling. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I'll take him back. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> Do you have any more trades, Matty, or is that it? We got a couple more here. Uh, real quick, anyone with anything? Anyone have anything to say about Joey Gallo? About yeah, Gallo? I think getting out of New oh, York. Toby was... Reese sparks it. What was that, Nick? Gingerman Sparsion. Okay. Uh, I was just saying, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, getting out of New York is a good thing for him right now. That's it. I agree. I completely agree. That's all I got. He had like the highest chase rates of his career in New York. He seemed, and he seemed like I'm looking on Twitter, people are showing like interviews. He looks very like depressed and sad, like, and like he didn't want to go even go out on the street. So yeah, I'm glad he got out of there. Like, I just get, yeah, get out of there. They got Ben Attendee now. And uh, that's really that's really it. Uh, two more smaller trades that we can kind of just breeze through. Rysiel Iglesias to the Braves. You can kind of let him go in most formats because he's not going to be their closer. Uh, and he's not going to take Kenley Jansen's job. So that stinks. He was having a decent year. And now you're kind of like, eh, his ratios aren't great in Roto. He's not getting saves and points. He has so a decent really year excited. every year. Yeah, he has, that's, that, <laughs> he's Rysiel decent year Iglesias for sure. Uh, they also traded away Noah Syndergaard. I do think he's a downgrade. He's got a lot of uh, negative regression in his profile, and it's a downgrade at home park. So you know, I'm not really thrilled for uh, Syndergaard. Anything you guys have on Syndergaard, or should we move on? Uh, real quick on Syndergaard. Of course, something yeah, of course. I, something, I, of course. something else I saw like someone say on, on Twitter. I got all my information from Twitter, by the way. Uh, who does if you didn't it? notice by now. Who does who it? Does yeah, it? It's, like, it's like the no- morning newspaper. You just open it up. Yeah. And- 
But uh, yeah, someone I guess someone asked him if he would be interested uh, in like re-signing with the Angels again next year, and he was like all for it. He he reminds you of someone who was like really enjoying his time in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, like the, being a West Coast guy and then moving to Philly. I don't know if that's gonna be a good fit for him. He was with the Mets for a while, going back to the East Coast. I don't think so. I think Syndergaard, just, his mindset might not be where it should be. If, uh, you know what I mean? The rest of the That's season. That's a great point. I, I think he wants to stay with I didn't think he wanted to get traded. I think he wanted to stay with the Angels. And hey, some, been, some players like being on loser teams, man. Yeah. I mean, he goes surfing in the morning if he surfs. Exactly. He's like a, he's exactly. like a, he's like a, hey, bye. Yeah, like no a, pressure so, on you. No, no pressure. And a lot of his percentiles are down this year. So it wasn't like he's been stellar. He's kind of been lucky more than he's been stellar. And, you know, that that's kind of going to get cut through, I think, in Philly, which is not good uh, for him. I want to talk about this trade because I think it's really, really beneficial for this guy. Jordan Montgomery goes from the Bronx over to St. Louis. I think that's fantastic. It's an upgrade in home ballpark. It's an upgrade in division opponents. His control has been great, and he's been getting guys to chase. If St. Louis can find out a little bit, or maybe the softer matchups help him, those K numbers go up. I think Jordan Montgomery is going to find a lot of success uh, over in St. Louis. Anything you guys want to add about Jordan Montgomery or Harrison Bader that's going to the Nate, the Yankees? Oh, ba- I think Bader. Go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead. The, the Cardinals' uh, home park has been good to pitching. So, been great for pitching. Absolutely. Yeah. And they've been getting good, very like niche. They've been getting good stuff out of guys like Matt's, Mikolas. So, yeah. like, they're taking those type of pitchers and getting them, you know, elevating them a little bit, which is great for a guy like Montgomery. Like Andre Pallante. They yeah. always, Jordan Hicks, they like figure things out a lot with their pitching, Dakota Hudson. Uh, yeah, I like the move from Montgomery. I also kind of sneakily like, Jose Quintana get going to the mm-hmm. Cardinals as well from Pittsburgh. I was mentioning Pittsburgh's going to get themselves a pretty little decent uh, return for Quintana, and they ended up doing that, which is good good for Pittsburgh and good for St. Louis for acquiring a back-end starter like Quintana at this point because um, they kind of need it. They need they, they, they were a big montage do. suitor, and they needed someone over there, but the Yankees swooped in before them. But, yeah. So the last trade we're going to talk about tonight, Whit Merrifield. Goes from the Royals to the t- to the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you know, every morning I do the fantasy baseball market watch. This morning, Wednesday morning, it was all about these trades. I don't know how to value Whit Merrifield going forward, so maybe you guys can help me out. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the playing time is going to look like for him. Uh, is he going to play outfield? Is he going to play second? A- who knows? Are they going to just rotate everybody now often? They're, they're another team that until you start seeing like the Padres and, and the Astros, once you start seeing these teams and what they're going to actually mostly go with, it's tough to, to kind of predetermine these guys' values at this point. Yeah, he's just a weird thing. He's a weird player to kind of diagnose. You would imagine there would have been a, a more active market for him uh, even a year ago. So the fact that it was kind of like a below the radar move at the very end kind of tells you that maybe wasn't such a market roster resource on fan graphs has them as a bench bat, which would make sense because Espinal has been good for them. I don't know if you're going to take away at bats for that guy and replace him with a guy who has a career low 80 WRC plus. Uh, and, you know, when you look at his, his, his bad, you know, all of his metrics and, and all of his, uh, his percentile rankings, He's kind of just doing the same as he usually does. He's not caring a lot. 
but he's not making a ton of hard contact. I feel like he's more of a utility guy for the Baltimore, uh, Baltimore the, the Toronto Blue Jays, more than he is the top lineup bat that he was in the Royals, which means that's going to tank his value. But I don't know, because all of a sudden you see over the weekend he gets two games at batting leadoff or something like, oh, well. That guy has some value all of a sudden. So I don't know really where to put it right now. Tyler, it sounds like you're kind of on the same boat as me. Brandon, do you have anything to, to push me and Tyler in a direction? Let us know what to do with Whit Merrifield. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I Like you guys said, it's going to be tough. It's it's hard to project where he's going to play. He hasn't actually played for them yet, right? I don't I looked think today. So. He wasn't in the lineup so. today. No, he wasn't in the lineup today. Since June 1st, he's been batting 266. He's had three home runs. He's been a little bit better, you know. I I mean, I don't know. I I don't know why you would trade for a guy like him and not play him, but I completely agree with what you guys are saying, that Espinal's been good at second base. He's had a good season so far, and I'm not sure why you'd want to remove him from the lineup. But, yeah, he's probably the hardest one to project for all the trades that were made, I think. And even uh, Kevin Biggio, since he's been back up, hasn't been too bad. Yeah, either. no, Biggio's so, been pretty good too. Biggio's yeah. been good, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Matt, yeah. Like Matt Chapman's turned it around. So mm-hmm. the holes that we might have seen even a few weeks ago don't really seem to be there. I guess we'll have to see what this George Springer injury ends up looking like. I, I was just going to mention that. Does this have to do with Springer? Maybe they're a little – maybe like he's Springer insurance. Well, Merrifield's too good to be like an insurance guy too. Springer so was out know. again today. Yeah. So – and then they got Tapia. They're kind of loaded on offense. I'm not going to lie. They they got another team. I, when I mentioned the Yankees and, and you know. The White well, here Sox, I go in the I.O. I, I forgot about the Blue Jays. You got to watch out for the Blue Jays come October as well. So Sorry, Whit. <laughs> I think that's going to wrap up all the trades, boys. Made okay. it through the deadline? Made it through the deadline. Alive and well. Thriving, I'd say. But now let's turn our focus to the weekly segment that got that gets all of the baseball world ready for battle. Let's do my champion. Brandon, you were our champion last week. Do you have anything to say? Do you have a speech, a victory lap, anything you want to do? And then if you want to go ahead and give us your champion, feel free. Yeah, last week it was probably the easiest pick that I've had so far this season. Um, Hunter Renfro was heading back to Fenway Park. To beat up on the Red Sox, who've given up on the season. Oh, actually, you know what? They came into they playing against Houston Astros this week and took a few games out of the series so far. So they lost today, right? They did. Yes. Yeah, seven yeah. one or eight one or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, anyway, I picked Hunter Renfro. He came through for me, especially that big Sunday. I called two home runs over the monster. He hit one, but he went four for four that day. Scored fourteen fantasy points on Sunday, and and you know he led the charge for me. So. My uh, rules the this week was cold. going the same thing, fantasy points, total fantasy points, corner infielder, uh, any ownership percentage. So, you know, you kind of had your pick of the litter here. I went with Vlad Jr., Toronto Blue Jays. Um, been pretty good over the last couple of weeks. 421 batting average. Only a one home run. 54% hard hit rate. 74% contact rate. Um it's kind of weird the last couple of months for him. He's been hitting the ball on the ground a ton, which is what you saw from him early in his career. He's still been productive. He's like I said, he's a four, 421 average over the last two weeks, 237 ISO, but a 45% ground ball rate and only a 16% fly ball rate. I think Vlad Jr. will have a big weekend this weekend. 
So he's my uh, pick for my champion. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go with the corner infield. I'm going to go with Jose Abreu from the White Sox. He's been turning it on lately. He's been playing really well. Looking at this weekend, Friday through Sunday, he will be at Texas where the weather's hot, and I'm hoping Jose, will uh, his bat will remain hot. And he's going to be facing the probable pitchers of the likes of Glenn Otto, Dane Dunning, and Spencer Howard. That doesn't scare me at all. So I'm going to go with Jose Abreu for my champion. So let me set a scene here. WCW, Bash the Beach, Hulk Hogan, walking down to the ring. Everyone in attendance is believing he is going to save Randy Macho Man Savage, only to drop a leg drop on his throat multiple times, forming what is now known as NWO, the Wolfpack, as to be hame. Tonight, my champion is a little like that. Nick's down and out. He's sitting there. He needs some help after losing last week to Hunter Renfro. All of a sudden, coming from the back, Nolan Arenado. He's here to save Nick, right? It's Nick's guy. No, he drops multiple leg drops on Nick because he's my <laughs> champion. He's going to get me the victory. He's had a 201 WRC plus in July 1st, six home runs. He's going to beat up on the Yankees this weekend. Nolan Arenado is my champion. Brother. Damn, that was a good, that was a good intro for your champion, dude. <laughs> and I'm not hating on it. I hope no, I hope not he does. For Drew, let's lock it in. Oh hell, hell no, no That's way, dude. Fair offer. Pretty fair offer. I mean, the the production's been there for both of them. So, but no, I will not do that in any any day. Uh, my champion is gonna be. Trey Mancini, going against the Cleveland Guardians, change of scenery. He had his first home run today, like Brandon said. I'm just going with it, man. I'm going to go with Trey Mancini. I'm going with the flow. I think I think he's going to have a nice, nice weekend. And that's my champion. Good luck, fellas. Now it's my turn to brag a little bit. Money in the bank. Segment time, three out of four, guys. That's all I got to say. Three out of four, last four weeks, three cash-ins. Your boy's buying bottles at the after party. Boys. <laughs> money, <Little> sparklers. <laughs> money for little sparklers come out, a little sign saying congratulations to Mr. Money in the Bank, Tyler. You know, I'm just rolling in the dough. Any of you guys hit this week? Any Money in the Bank cash-ins this week from you? No, nah, I'm sitting at your table. I'm getting that bottle service with Tyler. All right, man. You guys just start cashing in because <laughs> I'm going to end up on one of those episodes of ESPN Broke because I'm buying everything. <laughs> and you guys are just leeching off me right now. I'm so hanging out with Tyler. I'm, I'm going to have to switch up my entourage pretty soon. Dude, I'm so broke. I can't even get in the club. I had to go to the bank and get a loan. I can't. I got nothing right now. I haven't hit in weeks. All right. Let me get started. Last week, my Money in the Bank prediction was Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley would combine for seven hits, and three of them would be extra bases. And I already told you I cashed in. Matter of fact, I cashed in by Saturday. Good thing the banks are closed on Sunday, or I would have been going right to the bank on Sunday, (laughs) but I still had to wait till Monday. But on a Friday, Austin Riley had a home run and two doubles, so Mr. Riley just with his brand-new spanking $200 million contract. He's got more money than I do. Cashing in, 
got me all my extra base hits on Friday night. Dancy Swanson had two other hits. I had five hits, three extra bases. I just needed two more hits over the weekend. They each got a hit apiece Saturday. I'm cashed in. I'm rolling in the dough. And I'm going to continue. Four out of five? Is that what I hear, guys? Matty Keewum, is that what you're saying? Four out of five? Four to five, baby. Four to five. You ready for it? Here we go. I need one of my friends to be wealthy. That's how broke I am. <laughs> Hopefully you guys You'll see my uh, ESPN leeching. I'm leeching off you. <laughs> Just leeching off me. Hopefully you guys didn't copy this one or take this one. We'll see. But I'm looking at Sunday. I'm looking at Mets Braves, Jacob DeGrom, and Spencer Strider. Probable pitching matchup. I'm not going to go too crazy with this one, guys. going to try to keep it. I'm going to, like, kind of go, but not too crazy because, first of all, DeGrom's coming back off an injury. We don't know how many innings he's going to pitch, what his pitch count is. And the Mets and the Braves have two of the better lineups in baseball. And, oh, yeah, by the way, talking about the National League and all those good teams, I completely forget about the defending champion, Atlanta Braves. They're going to be a fun watch and a tough out in October as well. I'm going to combine 15 or more strikeouts, Jacob DeGrom and Spencer Strider on Sunday. And you can take that to the bank. So I'm broke. I need to cash in the worst way. And so I'm going to turn to the hottest hitter in baseball. This guy has 14 home runs, 34 ribbies, five stolen bases, and a 251 WRC plus since July 1st. If you look at his player card and points leagues, he looks more like Justin Herbert than he does an outfielder. And I'm talking about Aaron Judge. But I'm all about the reversals tonight. He ain't going to hit a home run this weekend. And you can take that to the bank, <laughs> brother. No home run for Aaron Judge this weekend. No home run. <laughs> no home runs Friday through Sunday. No home runs. Who's he playing? Zero. The Cardinals in St. Louis. And you can take that. It's actually it's been a really good park for right-handed power this year. Not this weekend. Arenado and Goldschmidt have both had a ton of home runs there. Mm-hmm. Did you, what was your uh, pick last week? My pick last week. What was it? I honestly oh, can't even remember. I can go. Head. I can go with my stuff. If you don't, I know I didn't cash though. That, right. that so is my, the case. My pick last week was another Brewer in Fenway Park. It was Aaron Ashby. Um, my my prediction was six innings pitched, three in runs or less in six Ks or more. He went four and two thirds. Ended up giving zero earned runs, but five runs total, all after an error. And uh, he had six strikeouts, so he met the strikeout for me. But the 91 pitches kind of kept him from going the distance. He couldn't reach the six innings pitch, so I missed my uh, missed cash for my check. This week, I'm going to come back with another Aaron. Aaron Nola is going against the Washington Nationals. Depleted lineup. No Soto. No Josh Bell. So They're I'm awful. predicting he's going to go seven. seven all, I'm going to go seven or more innings, seven or more strikeouts, and three or less runs. Good and you can take that to the bank. So, Nick, before you give us yours, just to let our listeners uh, remind our listeners, I thought uh, Yerman Marquez was going to give up three home runs on Sunday. He only gave up one, so it didn't even come close. Nick? Oh, might be some technical difficulty going on on Nick's end right now. Okay. Oh, can you guys hear me all right? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's back. Uh, are you uh do you guys hear me? Yes, yeah, you're here, man. Okay. All right, cool. Nick, I can hear you. All right, so uh nice. 
Thank you. I just, I had to make sure I know I'm getting the robot voice here and there. Um, <laughs> so last week I said that Mookie, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman would have six extra base hits between the t- three of them and two home runs. That did not happen. So I did not cash. I'm broke again. This week I'm going to go against my opponent's pitcher over the weekend against that same Dodgers team. Mike Clevenger has been pretty, pretty good since uh, being back. Pretty solid pitcher so far. But guess what? Not this weekend, baby, because he ain't going to make it out of the third inning. He's getting chased before that. Just a loser, man, because he's on Maddie's team. And that's that's what I'm going with. Mike Clevenger, chased before the third inning, six turned rounds. A spite, a spite money in the bank. <laughs> Take it to the bank. A spite bank call. I'm, wow. I'm going spite money in the bank, hey, baby. Hey, that's fine. We have gamemanships all over this because you know what? I secretly my hope my champion stinks. I'm going back to my roots. Hating on me, hating on our matchup, <laughs> using bad juju reverse I, magic. No, I, I, no, see, see, this is what happens. This is what happens: is that I'm calling your guy out now. He's gonna go throw a complete game. C C G S. Here he goes back with the reverse jinx. <laughs> there we go. Reverse me, jinx me. It's like when no. you text somebody I'm, I'm on Sunday night guns. football. Oh, good. Thank you for beating me. And they're like, yeah, oh, reverse yeah, jinx. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know where. You don't. You don't know where. You don't know where I'm coming from. No. Yeah. Oh, Especially so, when your voice breaks no, up like that. Um, I don't know if yeah. you're coming from the Matrix or what. Uh, Wrap this baby on. up, Tyler. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm done talking right now. So. All right. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Let's go around the horn. Everyone can give their uh, Twitter handles where you can find us. I'll start. My Twitter handle is Birdman, at BirdmanTS18 on Twitter. Go ahead, Brandon. At Brando Duff, B-R-A-N-D-O-D-U-F-F. I'm at Maddie Kuhn on TikTok and Twitter. And uh, you can find Nick on Twitter at the Real Saint Nick. Also, our Twitter handle, at GSFSPod. Thank you all for tuning into the Trade Deadline episode. Uh, We'll come right back at you again next week. Until then, you have been listening to Grand Slam Fantasy Sports Podcast.